Uh, well, good evening. Uh, my name's Amy, as Johnny said. Um, if you're new, if it's your first time here, then you are incredibly welcome. Oh, it's going to fall down. Hang on. Sorry. Powerful about this after the service. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ta-da. Oh, well. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you, darling. You can do a plait in my hair as well. If you like. It's a metaphor for something. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Okay. Now, um, I have shared a few times, um, and I think, uh, well, many times, actually, I've shared my own story, uh, my story of um, coming to faith. And when I was younger... Uh, so in my sort of younger years, I massively, massively battled uh, in the mind, particularly in the mind, uh, around the way I looked, uh, around my body. I had uh, a, just a hatred of self and what I looked like and what people thought of me, just barrage day after day in my mind. The battle of the mind, you might say. And, uh, and I became a Christian. I gave my life to Jesus, long story short, when I was 21. And on that day, when I asked the Holy Spirit to come and fill me, I was filled with the love of Jesus. I was filled with the love of Jesus. And in that moment, I had um, hope that my life could change. And I had hope in that moment that I could be different, that I didn't have to live in this battle in my mind anymore. And actually what happened is as I was filled with the Spirit, as I was filled with his love, I actually began to hate the mind. I hated being bound. I hated being afraid. I hated waking up with thoughts that were flying around my mind, morning, like waking up in the morning, like, Ugh, I want these lies to go. I actually had the courage as I encountered the love of Jesus to hate it and want to see a difference. You know, I believed in that moment that I hadn't before that God also didn't want this for me either, that he didn't want me to live in this battle. And I believed in that moment that freedom was possible and I wanted it. Boy, did I want it. And, uh, and I went after it in a big way. I really did. I believed that God didn't want me to stay in this place. And I went hard after the freedom that I read about in the scriptures. I went hard after it. And I stand here today. I really do. And I stand here. And there are places and ways of thinking in my mind that I just 100% do not struggle with anymore. The lies, the barrage of lies, the condemnation that was constant, I just do not struggle with it anymore. That is amazing. And I stand here because it is a testimony of God's grace. It is only God's grace that has set me free in that way. And... Uh, we are going to be looking at how we might work this out tonight. We've been in a series uh, called Keys to Renewal, 
And, uh, and this series is basically a series that is leading us up to the weekend away, where we will be uh, sharing across the weekend uh, the vision for the next um, few years. And we are getting very excited, by the way, that lots of you have signed up. Uh, I think it's the promo video that was here last week. <coughs> but last week, uh, Johnny spoke, didn't he, if you were here? He spoke about the key to a renewal being the renewed mind, that the target of the Lord is a renewed mind, a mind governed by God, a mind that is marked by peace. That is the desire and the work of God. And so today is, um, I would say, is a bit of a part two. How do we, how do we begin to enter in to the invitation of renewal, the invitation into greater freedom in our minds? Johnny, he challenged us, didn't he? Um, he challenged us really to hope. He challenged us to hope that there is more, that there is more of him to know and experience in our lives, and there is more peace and freedom to receive. Who wants more peace and freedom? Yes. But the question remains, doesn't it? How do we do it? How do we do it? And, uh, and this evening, we're going to look at Exodus, as Johnny read so beautifully to us. But why the Exodus? Why the Exodus story? And for those that are not familiar with Exodus, um, it's the second book in the Old Testament for those doing Bible in a year. Yes, uh, you're going to come to it soon. But we have learned in Genesis, if we're reading together in, in Genesis at the moment, um, that humanity has forfeited God's blessing through rebellion and basically uh, is wanting to be in charge, to hold the power, to hold power ourselves. And so God chooses Abraham, uh, this family to be a vehicle to restore the blessing to the whole of humanity. Um, this is God's plan. And so after the climax of the story of Joseph, that again, I think we're in at the moment, is the last section of Genesis, and then we get to Exodus. And years have passed. Years have passed. And we learn at the beginning of the book that all is going well. The Israelites are fruitful, and they are multiplying Back to Genesis 1, the plan, they're being fruitful and they're multiplying. However, a new king is appointed who doesn't think this blessing is actually that great. In fact, Pharaoh thinks it's a great threat and it's a threat to his power. It's fear again. It's fear uh, that Pharaoh is scared and then he enslaves the Israelites. So at this time, as we read in Exodus, Egypt is an awful, awful place a place of unbelievable oppression and slavery. And in this oppression and in this slavery, the Israelites, they cry out to God for rescue. They cry out to God for rescue. And years later, they pray that prayer, but years later, God speaks to a man named Moses that we all know well, I'm sure. And he speaks to him in a burning bush. Um, and he says, I've heard the cry of your people. I've heard the cry of your people. And he commands Moses to go to Pharaoh and demand they let the Israelites go. Not a small task. And God says to Moses, he warns him, and says, look, Pharaoh's going to resist you. And so he is going to send. So God sends uh, plagues and they're all designed to show God's superiority over the Egyptian gods and to convince Pharaoh to set them free. 
So finally, uh, Pharaoh lets them go um, and the Israelites leave. However, the Egyptians change their mind and they chase after them. So they find themselves between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army ready for battle. And in that moment, God parts the sea and they walk through into freedom. And the Egyptians follow, and as we read, they get swept away when the water breaks over them. And the Israelites then enter the wilderness on their way to the promised land. Exodus is the freedom story. Exodus is the freedom story. Kim, Tim Keller, who is one of my heroes, he says that we are to read Exodus as Christ's salvation. This is the gospel story. If you haven't heard the gospel, listen to this. That through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, he has led us out of ultimate slavery. You know, not just slavery to an Egyptian authority or any other authority, but slavery to the power of sin and death. He came into our slavery to lead us to freedom in Christ, that we are no longer oppressed. This is, by the way, the best news that you are ever, ever going to hear. It's the best news that you are going to hear. And this tonight is the story that we find ourselves in. This is the reality that you and me are in. And you know, I could spend the whole evening talking about that, how this represents the gospel story of Jesus and everything that he has done for us. And I would, but I'm not. But it isn't that straightforward, is it? We can be like, yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. We've been set free. But it isn't that straightforward. You know, we can all identify. I'm sure we can all identify with the battle of the mind, with anxieties, with fears, insecurities, places in our lives where we are still enslaved. We're still in bondage. Lies in our mind that utterly control us. You know, we are, quite simply, we are slaves to many things. Areas that are not under his lordship. Things that we worship above him. Things that give us value and meaning that have more power, if we're honest, have more power in our lives to define us than what God says about us. You know, when we become followers of Jesus, when we say yes to Jesus, when we let him into our lives, we crossed over. We have crossed over once and for all. We have been saved. We are in Christ. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can take that away from you. That is the gospel message. And that is good news. However, we still walk out our freedom. As Paul says to the Philippians, we continue to work out our salvation, your salvation, with fear and trembling. We are continually being redeemed, basically meaning released from bondage. And Tim Keller, again, he says, our bondage has layers. 
Our bondage has layers. It's like an onion. We peel back layer upon layer within us that need redemption and renewal. Layers and layers of ways of thinking and being. Lies we have received and believed for years. Thought patterns that we just live in. You might even be right now, just thought patterns that you're living in without a second thought that it might not be what God says about you. We have agreed. We've kind of made friends with the lies in our head. The battle in our mind, we said, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I am all those things. Without a second thought, hang on, that's not what God says about me. Therefore, the invitation is to keep crossing over. Keep crossing over more and more of our lives as he leads us from bondage to freedom. Layer upon layer as he renews and frees us. That's the invitation. That's salvation. That's sanctification. And so as Jesus said, sorry, not Jesus, as Johnny said, we must believe. (laughs) It's a close one. It is a close one. So as Johnny said, you know, we must believe that it's his desire for us. You know, we've got to believe that it's his desire for us and that he wants us to cross over time over and over again, that he wants this renewal for us. We've got to start there. Do we believe it? And do we think it's possible? And do we think he wants it for us? Okay, so let's get practical. Firstly, if we're going to... have a keys to renewal. If we're going to seek this renewal in our life, we've got to be brave. We've got to be brave to cry out. You know, I was reflecting, reading the story again on how scary it must have felt, firstly for Moses, to stand up to Pharaoh. You know, Pharaoh is the most oppressive power in his life. And God says, go stand up to Pharaoh. Or the Israelites facing the Red Sea and the Egyptian army on one side. How utterly terrifying, not even to mention the fact that they walk through the sea with waves, you know, walls of waves around them. You know, we, we said this this morning, you know, we think about this being this like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And it is utterly amazing, but how utterly terrifying to walk through the sea where each side could break on you at any moment. You know, facing fears requires serious bravery. Standing up to oppressive people, exposing ways of thinking requires bravery. And honestly, choosing freedom is really scary. And in some ways, it is actually much more comfortable, isn't it? Sitting in the familiarity of lives we have believed for years and years and years. At least there's a little bit of control there. At least we know what the lies are. At least we, we know who we are in that place. These lies, you know, they can come, they can become our identity. We start to identify as, oh, oh, hi, I'm Amy, I'm fearful. Oh, hi, I'm Amy, I'm anxious. Oh, hi, the list goes on. We identify us that we're so intertwined with these lies that we speak over ourselves. They become who we are. 
Bravery is required to expose the lies. This is the starting point. The idea of exposing lies we've believed, the patterns of behavior, you know, it feels scary. And we've got to, you know, we've got to realize that it is. It is scary. It really is scary. But it's important to recognize that redemption takes courage. You know, I think that we can um, sometimes think that when it comes to renewal and redemption, it's just a bit Disney. You know, we're just like, oh, can you just come and take this out? Click, woo, yeah, freed. But it's not like that at all. It's really hard. We've spent years believing it. It's really hard to unpick the lies that we have lived under for years. So bravery is to take the step and cry out, as the Israelites did, as the Israelites did to say, I don't want to live in this prison anymore. We've got to recognize the prison that we are in. Wake up. Realize the prison that you're in. Stop making friends with it. We've got to recognize that there are places in our lives that have control over us, that are not submitted to God and his lordship. We must expose these things. And But what stops us doing it? You know, I can say all this, but what stops us? You know, God says so many times through the scriptures, so many times, I wish I had calculated it, do not be afraid. Fear stops action. Fear holds us back. Fear is the way that keeps you trapped, keeps you trapped in oppressive ways of thinking. Fear stops us crying out. Fear stops us walking forward. Fear keeps things hidden. You know, lies, they fester in the hidden place. They fester in the dark. And we simply expose and bring these lies into the light. You know, I've seen this in pastoral situations. You know, I've been with people, I've walked with people where they have believed um, lies. There have been battles in their mind where it has caused such huge amounts of shame. And I've been in situations where we've talked about these. It's like, you know, given opportunity for these lies to be exposed. And I've seen the lies literally get stuck. It's like, I, it's like stuck. I can't, I can't speak it out because it's so crippled, so riddled in fear. And what I've seen is that as the, they get brave, and they speak out this lie that they've believed and lived in all their life. It's unlocked. The power is taken because it is unlocked when we expose it. We must expose the lies that keep us bound. It's that simple and it's that powerful. So maybe today, tell God, perhaps a safe person that you're doing life with. What lies you believe, it's simple and it's powerful. What lies are you living under? What patterns of behavior have you identified with? 
You know, when I was praying this morning, I had this picture of someone that was just sat on this like can of worms that was coming out, you know, sort of desperate um, to keep the lid um, on this um, can of worms, you know, sort of so frightened that anyone might see it. But the truth is, guys, and I know we know this, God sees it. He sees all the cans. He sees all the anger that we want to keep buried. He sees all the pain. He sees all the insecurity, all the fear. He sees it. He sees it. He sees it. You don't have to hide it in a box. We're to expose it. We're to expose it. And you know, he wants us to expose it, not because he wants to condemn us, because he wants to lead us into freedom. He wants to lead us out of it. You know, God, thank goodness, God isn't looking for perfection. Far from it. He knows that we're incredibly imperfect beings. He's not looking for our perfection. He's looking for our honesty, When are we going to get real with him? When are we going to allow him to lead us out? We need to allow his power into the parts of our lives and our minds that we keep hidden. You know, I've learned over time to trust that he is the way to life. (laughs) That he really is the way into life as we trust who he is. And so we can be brave because we know he's good and he's leading us to the promised land. Okay, secondly, we trust his power and his ability. You know, God says to Moses before he confronts Pharaoh, he says to Moses, I will be with you. And this is what he says to us as we embark on this journey. You know, it it utterly amazes me that the God of the universe, the God who made the heavens and the earth knows me. And he knows you. And he knows where we're bound. He knows the things that are not aligned to his will and his way. And because he knows, he also knows what you need. You know, there there is no manual for redemption. If there was, I would have a PowerPoint slide. You know, there's no manual. He holds wisdom and he holds all knowledge. You know, this is a relationship with the creator God that is redeeming you and you and you and you and you and me. The God of the universe cares about your and my journey out of bondage, out of slavery. And he is with us to face the stuff. He helps us and he gives us the courage to be brave. In verse 13, if you've still got it open, Moses says to the Israelites, he says to the Israelites, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. You know, freedom is possible because of who God is, not you, not your ability, but it's his power and his ability. You know, if he can part the Red Sea, he can break our chains. He can break the power of lies that hold us back. And so my encouragement is, you, is to get prayer. You know, I just 
kept coming to the front. Always, always. Like, yeah, I'll receive prayer. I'll receive prayer. Just got people praying over me all the time. You know, God's word, it carries supernatural power. As the lies carry power to oppress us, God's truth carries more authority and power to liberate us. So get people to pray God's truth over you. Speak it over yourself. Speak it over one another. Instead of believing the lie, ask God, what do you say about this part of me? What do you think about this? Ask him and see what he says. We simply repent of these lies as well. We can do this on our own. We repent of these lies. We repent of the alignment, the attachment that we've had to these lies in Jesus' name. It's his power at work. But also, thirdly, we partner with him. And this jumped out to me this week as I was reading this story again. Whilst the Israelites, you know, are still crying out, still crying out, the Lord says to Moses, he says, tell the Israelites to move on. So the Israelites are crying out and God says to Moses, tell the Israelites to move on. And then he parts the sea. He is saying, move on, move on through the way I am providing for you. You know, our job, as I said, is to expose the lies, to cry out to God for liberation, for help, and trust, you know, that he is fighting for us, that he is able but then we must move on. God opens a way for us just as he parts the sea. And I think the question for some of us this evening is, will we walk through it? You know, we can cry out and cry out and cry out and ask for help and please liberate me in this way. But will we walk through the way he is leading us out? You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, that I have battled uh, with, um, you know, ways of thinking in my mind around body image and food and this horrible um, prison in my mind. And I would cry out, like I said, you know, God, no, I, I don't want this anymore. Help me. I want to be free from this. And I pray, you know, I pray and I trust that he's fighting for me and that he will do it. And I wait. And then he says, move on. And I'm like, no, I quite like the crying out bit. I don't want to move on. <laughs> move on. When are you going to move on? Through the opening I am creating for you. The way out I am making available. And this looks like partnering with the Holy Spirit. So for me, this sounds um, ridiculous, but I'm sharing it just in case it helps anyone in the room here or it makes some sense. You know, for me, I had um, this um, particular pair of trousers. I had this pair of trousers that when I um, put these trousers on in my worst moments, I put these trousers on, if they fit, I'd feel so safe. 
I'd feel so secure. It's like, okay, if these fear, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I feel secure. I feel in control. Everything is going okay. But I felt the Holy Spirit. And he whispered to me. And he said, I heard you cry. Let's move on. Let's get rid of those trousers. This was my challenge. And I've had many, many, many more after that. This was my challenge to move on. He was leading me. He's leading me into a way out that is flipping scary, guys. It is scary. But we can't stay in the crying out if we're not willing to move on. And you know, it might be something completely different. It probably is for many in the room here. It is something completely different for you. You know, what is it that makes you feel safe? Is it your bank balance that makes you feel in control? But I want liberation, God. Make me free. I want to worship you without hindrance. Help me, help me. But when he whispers, will you move on? Will we let go of those things and those areas in our lives that he's parting the sea for liberation? <laughs> Jesus knows the way out. And finally, we get going and we keep going. There's no um, better time than now. You know, we can't put off this journey. We need to stop blaming others or looking for others and circumstances to fix us. You know, we, I think we sometimes say to ourselves, you know, that I'll, I'll face this when. You know, I'll face this can of worms. I'll face this fear and all these things in my mind. I'll face them when I'm more settled in my job. You know, oh, I'll face them when I've, uh, you know, I've moved house or I've got a bit more money or when I'm married or when or when or when or when. And we put it off and we put it off and we put it off and the worms just get greater and bigger and bigger. You know, I was listening to a podcast uh, this week and uh, not this week, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And uh, it was a, a podcast of a songwriter, Brooke, who um, I always get the name wrong. Um, so I'm not even going to say it. Fraser, Brooke Fraser, um, and she was, um, uh, she was uh, sharing about songwriting, and, uh, and she shared this thing that she was saying that when she writes songs, she says, you know, I have the um, inspiration, the inspiration comes, it's amazing, um, and she said, but do you know what's interesting is the breakthrough and the best songs I have ever written is when the inspiration turns into willingness, when it turns into hard work and I keep going. She says, they're the best songs. And I thought, gosh, what an amazing illustration for redemption, for renewal. That, you know, you might have a revelation, an inspiration of like, oh yeah, I can be free. You recognize, maybe you recognize the prison that you are in, but you gotta keep going. It's gotta turn into willing, Lord, I am willing to keep going, even when it feels like hard work. Don't give up. You know, we even read in verse 12 that the Israelites, they wanted to go back. They were under crazy oppression, but they wanted to go back. You know, they say to Moses, it was better in Egypt. 
They would rather face and go back to the oppression than the difficult journey to the promised land. The oppression for them was comfortable. And you know, we also, we do this, don't we? We prefer the certainty sometimes of slavery than the uncertainty of freedom. Because freedom involves complete surrender. Freedom involves complete trust in a destination we can't see. The journey out of bondage can often get harder before we experience the good. Has anyone given up coffee? Day three is brutal. You're free from coffee, but it's brutal, isn't it? The journey can sometimes get harder. Who's prayed the prayer, you know, God, I pray that you would help me out of this situation. And then that week, oh my gosh, you are faced with everything to get you out of that situation. It gets harder. And my charge to you is to find cheerleaders that will keep cheering you on. You know, find people in your lives that want freedom for you more than they want themselves. You know, people who are going to say, you can do this. There's more for you. You're this, not that, speaking God's truth over you. Find those people in your life. I have these people in my life. And it has changed me. But the other thing is, be a cheerleader. It is on us as the church to be a cheerleader. Cheer each other on. Desire someone's freedom more than you do your own freedom. Be a cheerleader. And I end with this before Johnny leads us in communion. Why? Why does God want all of this for us? I believe it's all for worship. You know, God says, he says, let my people go so they may worship me. He wants us to be free to worship him without restriction. In fact, sort of freedom is worship. They're intertwined. You know, we were created to worship. That's the freest place we will be, is worshiping him. And worship isn't just singing. Worship is a life given over to his lordship and the service of the king. You know, to serve him, love and obey him without fear and hindrance. And this is what he wants for his church. And this is what he wants for this church. You know, I really believe that um, my hope for myself and for this church is that we would see some wild worship. You know, honestly, that we would wake up. I want this for myself. That we would wake up to who we're flipping worshipping. That he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. That he has created all things. That he wants renewal and redemption for us. When will we worship him without hindrance? We've got to deal with some of this stuff that is restricting us, that's holding us back. Oh, I couldn't possibly clap my hands. What will people think? I can't possibly dance. Well, oh gosh, it's just way too embarrassing. You know, we think it's funny, but that's true. 
We're so held back by the fear of man in the church. I am. I want liberation, don't you? To serve him. Oh, I want that. Okay. You know, a long time ago, um, and I am, promise you, I'm coming into that. I, a long time ago, you know, I, um, I felt uh, that God whispered to me a bit of a, a call, I guess, on my life. And, uh, and I felt like him say to me that, I, that he wanted to partner with me. And he said to raise up healthy adults. To raise up healthy adults. And he said mature pillars in the church that can carry weight for the kingdom. He doesn't want us to remain babies. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to become adults to carry weight in his kingdom. And you know, this does not, as I said, this doesn't mean perfection. Yes, he can and does thank the Lord use us in our weakness and our humanity. But if we allow ourselves to remain captive, we won't say yes to him. We won't obey him. What if there's a promise over your life that God is saying, you can do this for my sake. You, you could be a pillar in my kingdom. But we're actually in the corner just so afraid. Barrage with lies from the enemy saying, what, not you, you can't do that. We have got to face this stuff for the, for the kingdom's sake, for the sake of the church, for the sake of the city, for the sake of the nation. Do you want to stand and I'll pray? <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit, I just thank you um, that you are here with us. And I, oh God, I'm so grateful that you are always working that we can trust that you are redeeming all things, that you are redeeming us, that you are bringing order from the chaos in our lives. And Holy Spirit, we just simply want to partner with you. We just want to partner with you as you lead us into greater freedom. And so Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence now. Come. Come, God. Come, God. And maybe just in the quiet, it might be that as I've been speaking, God has just revealed, you know there's an area in your life that needs exposing, that needs bringing to God. Area in your life that you know you're captive or has control over you. Can be good stuff too, by the way. But you know it has power and a hold. And for some, perhaps for you, God wants to show you how he's parting the sea for you. What's the next step to moving on? And simply ask for bravery. Ask for courage to do that. And so Holy Spirit, if the band wants to come up, we welcome you.